0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd Well, it's that time of week again. I'm Nick, I'm your host, and this is Nick's Nerd News. Now let's get down. To the business here, of what's uh, going on, and got a loaded week actually, mostly due to you know CES just adding some extra, extra things going on that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, For those of you not who don't know, CES is the Consumer Electronics Show. It's in Vegas every year where companies show off all their new tech. We'll we'll get to that in a bit though. As always, we start with what's going on in the video game world, and. Probably what the biggest news of uh, the last week or so is definitely that uh, Bungie, the makers of Halo and Destiny, more recently Destiny, have split from Activision. This was supposed to be a 10 year deal that uh, I guess about after 8 years, maybe it was more than 10 years, I I I might be mistaken. But this is huge, mainly because Bungie gets to walk away with Destiny. Which is not what happened after they split from Microsoft. Granted, their partnership with Bungie wasn't the same level. Microsoft had owned Bungie at the time, and they did buy the Halo IP, so that's a little different with that split, and a lot of people that were at Bungie when it was owned by Microsoft stayed and helped create 343, whereas... This Bungie was an independent bungee, Bungie that partnered with Activision and Activision published Destiny, so it's a little different. So it, this is a good thing, because there's been somewhat of a, a tension between um, with between Activision and Bungie. I mean, it, it was obvious from the get-go with reports about them having to rush the release of, of Destiny 2 and even the first Destiny, and you know, all the... the backroom things that you hear about in the past. Um, if you've read Jason Schreier, who's a, a reporter at Kotaku, if you've read his book Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, um, he does some things about Destiny in there that, that kind of bring to light some of the issues. And, and it kind of explains why Destiny 2 was so much of a shit show after the release of Destiny 1 and why Destiny 2 seemed more like a 1.5 as opposed to a, tr- a true sequel. But, and and even a step down after the Taken King DLC, which people felt like finally brought Destiny to a point of where it was great. Because we, we all know that Destiny has gone through these major ups and downs, and it's like, they go up, it comes out, it's cool, and then it just kind of falls flat, and then the DLC comes out and changes everything. And then the Taken King, they kind of perfected the first game, and then Destiny 2 comes out a year or so later... And it's like, where's all the awesome stuff that was in Taken King? Why isn't this in 2? Like, where's the disconnect here? Granted, a lot of things have changed in Destiny 2. I haven't gotten back to it just because of other games. And I know some new DLC and Forsaken is supposed to be great. But with Bungie leaving Activision, this could be a major thing. They're going to self-publish everything with Destiny 2 from now on. They they still have a roadmap with, with future releases planned in terms of DLC. Apparently, they just got a hundred million dollar investment from NetEase, so they're gonna have a a new game in development as well, which is awesome. Um, And and Bungie's a great studio. Okay, they have made amazing games. Okay, the the first three Halos, Halo ODST, Halo Reach. They've also uh, Destiny is a great game. So I mean, Bungie has a history of making great games. I don't have any doubt that they'll knock it out of the park in the future. And I'm excited to see where this goes. They won't be ham-fisted into making Destiny stuff anymore if they don't want to. I, I mean, they they should honestly, because it it's still a a great franchise. It was an awesome idea. But this is this is going to be make waves around the the industry, and this could set a precedent 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 for other game studios that are somewhat independent, not necessarily. Owned outright by the major publishers or or studio or first party companies like Sony or Microsoft and things like this and it, and it could also maybe open the door for studios that might be owned and maybe want to break off and and don't want to work for the big boys anymore and which is kind of funny since Microsoft just announced they bought a whole bunch of new studios but granted those studios wanted. I don't think those studios would have joined Microsoft if they didn't want to. Same goes for the ones Sony has purchased and can't really do that with with studios that were built from the ground up by those companies like Turn 10, 343, Sony Santa Monica things like this. So, it's kind of different in those situations. But it'll be interesting to see how this this move affects the industry going forward. And and it's just this has been just a shitty time for Activision. I mean, their stock is way down they're now they've lost destiny they had that whole issue with their CFO who was um essentially fired for breaching contract and then all of this uh just this week it was also announced that they named a new president of the company and uh granted they picked a great person he he's been in charge of the Call of Duty franchise for the last 15 years but it looks like also the head of Blizzard is leaving, and the guy the guy who helped create Blizzard is leaving in April as well. So, I mean, granted they they got a new person to be to be the head of of Activision, but again, this is a little ridiculous that Activ- Activision's just getting hit hard, and I I hope this is a big wake up call to them because Activision and EA have just been making not really user friendly decisions. They haven't been. Uh, consumer friendly, I should say, is a, a better word for that. And granted, they, they're they all beholden to shareholders. And they have contracts to fulfill. They have to hit milestones and, and sales goals and things like that. But you can't do those things if you piss off the consumer. If you make the consumer angry and don't do things that make them want to buy your games or be interested in your products, you're not going to hit those goals That the shareholders set for you. So it's it's almost this catch-22 situation. That kind of I get from one side and I get from the other. I'm a gamer and I don't want to be fucked over by the company that publishes the games. But then again I also am a a shareholder in some companies. and, And I don't want to lose value in something I paid for because of stupid decisions that the company makes but at the same time I don't want I, I do want to keep making money off this stock because that's why I bought it I, I didn't buy it for it to just be stagnant and not go up but at the same time I don't want it to go down because of stupid ass decisions so it, it it's this fine line that has to be walked and and balanced on and things like this but you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, EA realized that and started to make a change on a lot of things. Now we'll see if if Activision follows suit since they've been hit with a couple of one-two punches over the last couple weeks. Again, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. What is this? Um, Awesome news for PlayStation. Their sales have exceeded 91.6 million units for the PlayStation 4. Uh, it's actually... I think it's it's more than that now because it's actually it's actually nearing the Wii's total sales numbers. So here here's the list right now. Playstation two, number one selling console of all time, over a hundred and fifty-five million units. Nintendo DS at 154 million, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, I guess they loop that in as one is one hundred and eighteen million, the original PlayStation at 102 million, the Wii at 101 million, and PlayStation 4 at 91.6. So, granted that was about a week a week ago or so. So it it's nearing it's nearing that. Um and then uh, after PlayStation 4's Xbox 360 with 84 million things like this. So, great news for PlayStation 4. I I congratulate them. They have had a lot of awesome games come out exclusives. Granted the Xbox 1 didn't sell great this year. They they fumbled that. Or this generation. They fumbled that launch. Granted they, they've made a lot of awesome innovations. For people in general. But congrats to the PS4. And that, this is worldwide. Obviously. I mean. I don't think they're moving that many consoles in the world alone. Was it even the Switch. Is, is getting up there. The Switch is at 22 million units right now. So it's sold more than the GameCube. It's sold more than the Wii U. Which is funny. The Wii U. The Wii, original Wii, sold 101 million units. The Wii U only sold 13.5 million units worldwide in its whole lifespan. So you can see why they wanted to move away from that pretty quickly. And, um, no, that that's awesome. And I can't wait to see what's coming from both of the, the big two on the next generation. I'm sure, you know, that 91.6 million keeps the company of Sony afloat pretty much. But anyway, awesome. What's this? Uh, Dead or Alive Six has unfortunately, unfortunately, been delayed to March first, which is probably good for that because it would have just gotten decimated in sales that weekend. I mean, I'm sure more people are going to buy Jump Force than Dead or Alive Six purely because of of the characters available in Jump Force and things like that. And Dead or Alive Five came out so many years ago. I don't, I don't think it has the following it used to have. Was this a new Alien game? Was announced. It is a black. It is a mobile game. It's called Alien Blackout. Stars Amanda Ripley, who is the daughter of Ellen Ripley, uh, the character portrayed by Sigourney Weaver in the original films. And uh, it's technically like a sequel to Alien: Isolation, which uh, was on PC and consoles a while back. Pretty cool. It's the 40th anniversary of Alien as well to go along with that. So that's pretty awesome and crazy that Alien's been around for 40 years now as well. Uh, Speaking of scary games, the Resident Evil 2 demo is available now through January 31st. Uh, It's a 30 minute demo, meaning no matter what you do, you only have 30 minutes to play and that is it. Uh, And the game of course launches next month on... oh this month on the 25th, excuse me, I I was mistaken. Uh, So you can play the demo till the end of this month to see if you want to buy the actual game. Uh, Insomniac Games, makers of Marvel Spider-Man, the PS4, awesome PS4 exclusive last year, um, was teasing that something fantastic is coming soon to Spider-Man. Which perks up everyone's ears, because of course Disney just got the rights back to the Fantastic Four, and if you were unaware, Spider-Man actually originally appeared in a Fantastic Four comic. So Spider-Man didn't launch with his own comic. He was a guest in a Fantastic Four comic. So everyone obviously thinks that this Fantastic tease is for the Fantastic Four. Granted, we only just got the third DLC a couple weeks ago. They never said if that was going to be the only DLC released for the game or things like this. So we could be looking at a new arc of DLC for the game. And I'm, that, that's awesome. And maybe potential allusions to a sequel. And, and who knows, maybe Insomniac wants to work on something different in the meantime. However, uh, speaking of, of PlayStation exclusives and DLC, Corey Barlog, who was the God of War game director, uh, the other PS4 exclusive, uh, was being interviewed by one of the major outlets. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But they were talking about potential DLC and, and things like this, and... He was talking about how he had all these awesome ideas, but they just would have taken too much time to develop and would have devoted a lot of resources and time that the team just didn't have. And And he kind of made them akin to, similar to like Uncharted Lost Legacy, which kind of started as a DLC, but then ended up becoming its own game, which is like the standalone Uncharted game that stars Chloe and Nadine. And that came out, it was like a $40 game that came out that was a lot smaller than the, the main Uncharted, but came out after Uncharted 4 that went from DLC to being like a standalone. And, and he kind of uh, made it seem like the ideas that he had for potential uh, DLC for uh, God of War to be like that. And I'm like, well, now I want that. <laughs> like, don't tease that and then not have it available for us. Please, bring that. I mean, you guys are, I'm sure, hard at work on a, on a potential sequel or something else, but like... Can you just drop that in the meantime? Cool, thanks. I'll I'll take that now. <laughs> also, the cover art for Mortal Kombat Eleven was revealed, uh, and it's going to star Scorpion. In no surprise, he was actually the cover uh, the cover character for Mortal Kombat Ten as well. And they announced on January seventeenth. Um, in the morning on Twitch, they're going to do a reveal for the game, like full gameplay reveal, more character information, a whole lot of other things, so stay tuned for news on that. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 announced that there will be a post-launch update um, on the 30th and 31st. Uh, the first update will include the game's epilogue so um, for people to finish, so they don't want it like getting out and leaked before it needs to be. And then a secret video that you can also access after completing the game, will be added to the game on January 31st. So look out for that. And what is this? So get this. This is nuts. Okay, this is a big blow to Steam too. But the Division 2, Tom Clancy's The Division 2 from Ubisoft, will be skipping Steam and will be exclusive on the PC to the Epic Game Store. So Epic's Game Store, which is made by Epic, the developer of Fortnite. Fucking Fortnite. And the original Gears of War and things like this uh, is getting The Division 2. There was already some awesome games announced for it at the Game Awards that are available on Epic Store. Like that game Hades, that look get, that game looks really cool. Um, But yeah, The Division 2 will not be available on Steam, which is insane. So it'll be interesting to see how this affects its sales, how it might affect Steam and Steam's future. But yeah, Division 2 uh, is going to be on Epic Store and not Steam uh i also and and speaking of of epic they actually got an f from the better business bureau which uh that's never good never good to get something like that and apparently this is due to uh this might not be an accurate reflection of Ep- epic's customer service allegedly uh but the bbb better business bureau says this is due to unanswered customer complaints Stating that uh, this is this is from IGN, stating that 279 complaints have been filed against the business and 247 have gone without a response. 271 complaints have been filed within the last year alone. Most complaints have to do with customer service and issuing refunds. Now, that's a little ridiculous. They also have actually one of the complaints here. It says Epic Games failed to protect customer security, resulting in several unsanctioned charges. Over mine and my partner's account. Another reads, there is no phone number or proper email response time. To return my unauthorized charge of $160. Nobody will answer and I feel cheated. Granted, Epic Games is not BBB accredited. Meaning they're not part of the Better Business Bureau. I mean, I I can't speak to how good the BBB is in general. I mean, people just trust the name when it says like, We've been given an A by the Better Business Bureau. And... You know, it's it's like Yelp and and things like in TripAdvisor. It's like you got to take some of these things with a grain of salt. You can't trust everything because you don't know if they're paid. You don't know if they're not. It's this weird legal blurry area, and I I, I don't know. It's it's um it's odd. So it, I I'm gonna take this with a grain of salt. I just think it's funny that they got labeled with an F. And it, it's not even that many complaints. It's like you think they're gonna get an F because they have like thousands of complaints. Because Fortnite is the biggest game on the planet, and there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people playing it. Two hundred and seventy-nine complaints. Like really, that's nothing. It's nothing. And then and then here's some some weird some weird stuff. So Gearbox, uh, publishers of Borderlands, and Duke Nukem. A uh, bit of a bit, bit of le- a bit a bit of legal trouble. So the former general counsel of Gearbox Studios is suing Gearbox and the CEO Randy Pitchford. He's known around the industry, um, apparently over violating legal duties to the company and other things. And some of these allegations are just ridiculous. Okay, first off, the former legal counsel used to be best friends with Randy P- Pitchford. Apparently. This is, this is all according to tweets and, and things like this that are all over the internet. But he's claiming that Pitchford was paid a secret $12 million bonus in advance to Borderlands profits. Which is... I, I don't know. So he's claiming that that money should have gone to development of, of the game and to the employees. I don't know. And then Pitchford saying that the former council is actually being sued be for being a disgruntled former employee. And... I, I I don't know. It, it's there's these ridiculous things. They're claiming that Pitchford is a pedophile, and I, I I don't know. It's so ridiculous that I'm not even going to go into all of it because it it's absurd. It has no place to be reported on here. I'm I would point you guys to Kotaku. It actually has a great article on it. Uh, Jason Schreier actually wrote it. He always has the best scoops, and. I I uh, I don't know. This is it's a ridiculous thing. It involves a lot of outlandish claims and allegations that just make of what you will your opinion of of Randy Pitchford. But some of these things just seem like they're completely out of left field about someone who's trying to profit off his former company. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. So CES is going on right now, and um, we'll get to that in a second. But AMD makers of of Graphics processing units, graphic graphic cards, uh, had a had a, a keynote there, and Phil Spencer actually came on stage, you know, head of head of Xbox at Microsoft, and he talked about his partnership with AMD. AMD actually, while they're not on the same caliber as as Nvidia when it comes to like graphics cards in PCs, granted, AMD's cards are still very good. Uh, they're actually in both of uh, both the PS4 and the Xbox One. So they, they, they've always been in, in consoles. Uh, Phil Spencer had talked that their partnership with AMD is still strong and it will be into the future and will be involved in future platforms. So that's just pretty much confirming that AMD graphics cards will be in the next Xbox. But, I mean, if um, that, that's not really surprising. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you bet on that it'd be a very safe bet before this past week. But on top of that, Two, count them, two different companies are apparently working on a game streaming service. Similar to what Microsoft is doing with Project xCloud and Google has with Project Stream. Amazon is working on one that's expected to launch by next year sometime. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it will go through like Amazon Fire TV and things like this. And uh, they, I mean, they have their own game studios. They They publish their own games, but It'll be interesting to see if they can get the other big publishers and third-party studios on board. And then on top of that, so is Verizon, apparently. And theirs is going to work through, like, NVIDIA Shield TV, which is NVIDIA's, like, smart TV box that they sell. Um, that's being tested right now. No word on a alleged uh, release date or anything like that. And apparently, 135 games are currently available on like the testing version of this that they have given out to some people. But that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of games. But I, I, I don't, I'm gonna I don't know if I can believe any of that anymore because they had released a picture that had like PS4 exclusives on it, but it turned out to be fake. So I don't know how much credibility you can lend to that story. But hey, let's get, uh, let's get right to CES, Consumer Electronics Show, in Vegas every first week of January. All the new tech gets shown off, and, and I'm just going to talk about some cool stuff that I, I felt you guys might be interested in it as well. HP, the computer maker, they have their game brand called Omen, and they announced a 65-inch monitor with a soundbar built in that costs $5,000. It's more mon- It's more TV than monitor. Especially with that price and size, it's almost competing with like high end TVs. It's 140 pounds, which is ridiculous, just in terms of, of TV and monitors. Uh what stand what makes it stand out from the crowds though is it has a built-in display port. So instead of HDMI, so it can handle like true 4K and and HDR. Its refresh rate will be between 120 and 144 Hertz, which is unheard of in a TV. We'll have NVIDIA G Sync. And Nvidia Shield pre-built in. That's that's pretty awesome, actually, but uh, only awesome if you have five thousand dollars to throw around on a computer monitor. With air quotes around that. Uh, Razer, the awesome peripheral maker, I have a quite a number of their products. Uh, announced their first monitor. It's called the Raptor, twenty-seven inch, uh, one hundred forty-seven, one hundred forty-four hertz refresh rate, which is perfect for PC gaming. HDR four K. And it has this awesome, innovative, like, cable management system. It comes with its own, like, flat cables. And the the computer actually rotates up 90 degrees. So you don't have to, like, spin the monitor around and create, like, a... this. It's a hassle always to get to cables where you have to, like like, put the monitor on its side or turn it around and never have enough space for that. But this new monitor actually folds up and they have, like, their own cables that will come with it that are flat and lay flush against everything. Nvidia also announced a couple new graphics cards um, to kind of go along with their new RTX graphics cards that they announced late last year they have the new RTX 2060 and that's going to be the more affordable option launches later this year I think late February early March for 350 also announced some RTX mobile GPUs for like laptops and things like that Acer announced a new gaming laptop called the Triton 900 It'd be four thousand dollars. But it will have two RTX 20s, 4K, and uh, a lot of awesome beefy specs. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a killer gaming laptop if that's what you prefer over a desktop. AMD announces their new Radeon 7 graphics processors uh, pretty much to compete with the RTX. Not on the same level, but but up there. Uh, speaking of HP, they also have a new laptop the Omen 15, it's actually going to be the first laptop with 240 hertz screen refresh. That's unheard of for a laptop. They usually don't have the processing capabilities just because everything's smaller, but, but they did that. Asus also unveiled their new RTX 2080 Ti. It will be liquid and air-cooled, which I don't even know how you fit all that into a, a graphics card. And then what I think is the craziest thing, LG has a TV that rolls up. So it's this box that's built in with like the all the the cable plugins and it doubles as a speaker as well, but the TV rolls up into it. So like if you don't want to have your TV out all the time, no word on pricing or release date. I don't even know if that's consumer viable just yet. Also there was a bunch of 8k TVs, but I, like is the world ready for 8k yet? I mean 4k is only becoming really a viability in the last year or so and 4k's been out for almost 10 years. I mean, the cheapest 4K TV I think I saw is L, uh, Samsung, and it's five grand. Sorry, 8, 8K television. That that's just not for everyone. You can 4K sports aren't even in 4K yet, okay? And I don't even think there is 8K content. So it's like, why buy an 8K TV? Granted, it's easier to go to 8K and then scale back to 4K, which will be pretty much in everyone's hands in the next few years. But I mean, aren't we getting ahead of ourselves a little much too here? But that was CES. Uh, you can find a lot more stuff online. The, of course, uh, the HTC Vive was there with some new announcements. Google announced a whole bunch of shit. Apple, other companies with, with awesome tech. But I I just didn't feel like that was stuff you guys would want to hear about here. So you, you can find it online. There, It's everywhere. It's everywhere, really. But let's kind of get into TV here. Netflix announced a new anthology series from David Fincher and Tim Miller. David Fincher, good director. Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. It will consist of 18 shorts ranging anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes long each. With some traditional animation, 2D animation, photorealistic 3D animation, things like that. That looks cool. They released some, some concept art. Also, Punisher Season 2 premieres this Friday. And expect that to be the second-to-last Netflix Marvel show because Jessica Jones Season 3 is still currently in development. And as I said last week, expect The Punisher to be cancelled shortly after. (laughs) Um, We also got a premiere date for Game of Thrones final season, which will be April 14th. So be on the lookout for that. I was a Sony is considering TV Spider uh, spin-offs for some of the characters introduced in Into the Spider-Verse. This is actually really intriguing. A lot of cool characters. Obviously it'd be really hard to get movies made for all of them. But if we got some TV shows about them, that that'd be cool. I I would love to see like a, a TV show about Spider Man Noir, who was played by Nick Cage. He was this kind of uh, black and white Spider Man, wore a trench coat, kind of fit in with like the whole film noir genre, seemed like a private eye, or what would you what you'd call a dick. Um, Back in the day, you know, movies like Double Indemnity and uh, To Catch a Thief. No, not To Catch a Thief, but uh, similar to to uh, movies like that, or or like Chinatown. That's a prime example, something like that. As uh, I'm sure most of you are aware of, Kevin Hart stepped down from hosting the Oscars next month, and... The Oscars producers have been kind of scrambling to find a replacement, but now word on the street is that they're looking to get the cast of Avengers to act as, like, hosts, to host, like, different segments of the show and things like this, and even to the point where they asked that none of them present anything at the Golden Globes just to have, like, a bigger impact at the Oscars. No word on if that's official yet, but I mean, hey, there's there's enough Avengers to act as uh, hosts of different segments there. Hey, change the show up a bit. That'd be interesting. Or you can always get uh, Billy Crystal back. He's always been funny. Looks like DC wants to make a splash with some of their upcoming animated movies. Uh, they're coming out with one called Justice League versus The Fatal Five. And I'm excited about this because it's bringing back the OG voice cast for the DC's trilogy. Or Trinity, excuse me. So, George Newbern is Superman... Kevin Conroy as Batman and Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman so the the cast from Justice League. And it looks like it it's uh animated in Bruce Timm style, so like the Justice League cartoon things like this. To, and they're actually going to bring in Jessica Cruz, the one of the current Green Lanterns in and Miss Martian and and things like that. So that that looks exciting. No no um no other information yet on that. I mean they announced some of the voice cast, but I I just wanted to point out that uh, Kevin Conroy is back as Batman because he's the best Batman. Uh, was this people have been calling for this forever, including myself. A Red Sun, animated film, uh, Superman Red Sun. I should clarify this is one of the great Elseworlds comics. Actually written by Mark Miller. It's about as if uh, what if Superman landed in Soviet Russia and there's a Soviet Batman and Wonder Woman sides with the Soviets and things like that. It's a really interesting comic. I would definitely check that out. Uh, find that you could probably find it at your local comic book store on or on Amazon, obviously. And then also a two part animated film based off Batman the Long Halloween, which is one of the greatest Batman and Joker stories in comics history. So it'll be interesting to see how they turn that out. Hopefully they don't do some weird shit and add unnecessary garbage like they did with uh, the Killing Joke where they added this weird like love subplot with Barbara and Batman. Which was a huge disappointment. And then, uh, last bit of TV news. We got final confirmation about the Picard show. Which will take p- place in the Prime Universe. Not the Kelvin timeline. Uh, the Kelvin timeline, which we'll talk about it a little bit later on today's show, actually. Um, the Picard show will take place in the Prime Universe. So, post Next Generation, and it will actually take place after the destruction of Romulus, which occurred in 2009's Star Trek, uh, which is kind of what brought Spock to the past and things like that, and created the Kelvin timeline, but can't wait to hear about that, hopefully that show airs sometime this year, if not early next year. But that's it for TV and uh, movies, let's talk about that, Aquaman, no surprise here, Cost a billion dollars, first DC movie to do so since The Dark Knight Rises and now highest grossing worldwide DCEU movie um still not uh still not higher than Wonder Woman and and it only just got knocked down to number 2 for a weekend this year um after the upside came out but it is very fastly approaching Man of Steel it's at Aquaman's at 287 million right now Man of Steel was 291 uh I, this is interesting though Compared to Suicide Squad, if you look at them, Suicide Squad's 24-day total was $283 million. Aquaman's 24-day total is $287 million. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, to see what kind of legs Aquaman might have, and uh, maybe the DCEU's first big, or second big success domestically. Venom 2 has been confirmed as in development because it made a shit ton of money. Tom Hardy is expected to be back. Except they don't have a director. As Reuben Fleischer is probably going to be focused on getting Zombieland 2 made. Before the end of the year. And. Same writer. Same cast back. So. I, I still need to watch the first one. I, I was just going to wait for it to be on TV. I just. Everything I read about it was mixed. And. I don't know. I heard it was just not a, a great story. But again. I, I will reserve final judgment till I finally watch it. And. I'm I'm here's something I'm actually surprised at. Margot Robbie will be playing Barbie in a Barbie movie. That that's it though. I mean I guess they're still working out the rights with Mattel. But Margot Robbie, she's cool. She's a really good actress. She's from Australia though, playing uh, wholesome American girl Barbie. Barbara Millicent Andrews. If you didn't know that's her f is that her I'm pretty sure that's her name. Yeah, Barbara Millicent Andrews. Whatever. Anyway, moving on, moving on, Uh, who gives a shit about Barbie? Coming to America is officially getting a sequel. Eddie Murphy's been trying to get this movie off the ground for quite a while. He is coming back as Prince Akeem. Uh, They're hoping to get as much of the original cast as possible for this. Coming to America is one of my favorite movies from the 80s. It's just, there's so many great lines in it, and a lot of good gifts you can actually get out of it, but... Uh, that That's it. They're, it's going to be in development now. Or they're going to start filming soon, hopefully. Uh, Craig Brewer is directing. Uh, he actually directed Hustle and Flow and created Empire, the show on Fox. Which also stars, uh, both of those star Terrence Howard. And hey, who knows, maybe, maybe they'll find a way to get Terrence Howard into the movie. That'd be really great. He's an awesome actor. Uh, Final Destination. Uh, apparently a reboot is in development with the writers of Saw. Sadly not. James Wan. But that's, that's in development. Final Destination was a cool set of movies. You know, a couple people cheat death. And then it turns out that they still need to die. And death is after them and gets them in weird, strange, mysterious ways. But they actually end up matching ways they would have died if they had not cheated death originally. So that, that, there was always a cool, interesting concept of a movie. I liked some of them. But they got kind of cheesy as more and more of them came out. It looks like the Minecraft movie has gotten a new director after Rob McElhenney, the guy from It's Always Sunny, dropped out. Adam McKay was being interviewed on the Golden Globes carpet, and he's apparently been talking to Marvel about directing a Silver Surfer movie now that they have the rights back. It'll be interesting. Rob Marshall, the director of Mary Poppins Returns, says that a potential sequel is already in the works. He's like, well, there were eight books, so we have plenty of material to work off of. No, just no. You shouldn't even have made the new one. Just the original's fine. It's a classic. Just Stop. Stop it. Stop. Uh, Mortal Kombat, speaking of we already talked about that, apparently there's an animated Mortal Kombat movie in the works with Joel McHale and a lot of other famous voice actors involved no word on if that's like theatrical or like straight to dvd or or like streaming services or if it's even real also uh i guess the iron man writers are have been penned to script the he-man movie they're making a new he-man movie uh, like is he-man even a, a thing anymore uh, if you're not aware he-man um he-man was actually created to sell toys like, this wasn't an original idea. People came up with the toys and the toy line first. And they're like, oh, hey, why don't we make a TV show too so we can sell this shit? Yeah, that that that's how the 80s was. There was a toy line first and then a TV show. Not the other way around like they do it now. Unless maybe they still do that and make shit up. But, yeah, He-Man started as toys. And then they're like, oh, and coming soon, a TV show. So, uh... American capitalism at its finest, people. He-Man. And a new movie's coming out. And I'm sure a whole sleuth... Slew. Not sleuth. A whole slew of new action figures to go right along with it. And probably what the the biggest news and what I want to spend some time on... Star Trek Four has apparently been shelved. Or potentially even cancelled. Now, last year Paramount said that they were currently working on two... Star Trek movies Simon Pegg had pretty much said it was one of them was Star Trek 4 because you know he's involved as a writer and things like this and no word on what the other one was it was could be potentially the Quentin Tarantino R rated Star Trek no word on if that's still happening but Star Trek 4 was set to be directed by the franchise's first female director uh, S.J. Clarkson she's now since departed to join the Game of Thrones spinoff show. And this is kind of where the story broke. Deadline reported how she's been joining the Game of Thrones spinoff. And leaving Star Trek 4. Which has pretty much um, made people speculate that it's not happening anymore. And the the rumors had kind of already began last year. When it turns out Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth were not going to come back. Because Paramount was trying to negotiate new contracts with them. And wanted to give them less money. But uh, And I say Chris Hemsworth because he was really only in 2009's Star Trek. At the beginning, he played Kirk's father. And apparently, Star Trek IV, the rumors had been swirling and semi-confirmed that it was going to be a a time travel story that was going to involve him coming back and interacting with Kirk. But I'm very upset with this, and I, I get it at the same time. Star Trek has had a decent run in theaters they they always have ups and downs you know that the 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 popular opinion was always that only even numbered star treks were tr- uh, were good and the new ones kind of broke that and the the thing with the new ones is they were a reboot without really being a reboot because they stuck to established canon and they technically were an offshoot of the prime universe you know i was saying this with the picard show So, the new Star Treks take place in what's called the Kelvin timeline. So, this is when Spock and uh, Nero, who is the villain of the the Star Trek movie in 2009, came back from the future. And they disrupted things by destroying the USS Kelvin, which is the ship that Kirk and his family were on when Kirk was born. And uh, that destruction caused... uh, a butterfly effect if you will that changed everything in the Star Trek universe pretty much. So that that's where we get the timeline that exists with the new movies. Technically everything that happened before with the shows and old movies still happened just in the original timeline and that's where the Picard show will take place. But the the problem with the new ones is they've kind of they kind of painted themselves into a corner and they did that, you know, with the second one being around Khan, and then the third one, while being different and was good, it, it just didn't do well financially. And, and and the the other problem with that is, you know what's coming. Because, granted, if the, the Kelvin timeline still technically is going to have things that take place in people and characters that exist in the Prime Universe, then you know that V'ger is coming from Star Trek the motion picture. You know that the probe is coming from Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Okay? You you know what's going to happen with Romulus and and things like this. So they they kind of painted themselves into a corner in in that regard and then also in terms of uh in in, in terms of storytelling because technically this is taking place at the same time the show took place. So you had a, a lot of stuff to take from and uh, stories to potentially adapt and and create in a modern modern universe, but at the same time, Star Trek has always been this weird, like redheaded stepchild of of the sci-fi universe. And when it comes to movies, you know, Star Wars is back, so Star Trek again is kind of falling to the wayside in in terms of competing with Star Wars. You have other high-profile sci-fi properties making it big, and. These new Star Trek movies, the J.J. Abrams ones, and the the um why can't I think of the director James Hahn, right? Um, sorry, Justin Lin. And uh, it, it, it's, I mean, what what is it? The 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 Star Trek movies had kind of turned into like somewhat and similar to Star Wars, you know, big heavy action and not so much focused on the human element or the storytelling, and. It, it's it's a shame that this happened because I really like Star Trek Beyond. I, I liked Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek two thousand nine was cool, it was it was different. And it, it presented time to explore more in the original series timeline. Granted, it, it was the eleventh Star Trek movie. Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond were the twelfth and thirteenth. And it, it you can tell that they've always been this somewhat redheaded stepchild because of all 13 of those movies, they still didn't come close to the total that, that Star Wars had taken in, in terms of money. So it's like, and the, the other problem was the Next Generation films and some of the original series cast films didn't fare well critically. And, and Paramount didn't make the money they wanted to on, on the new ones. So, of course, it was just this huge mix of just external forces going against it. And I, I liked kinda where they were going with the Kelvin timeline. I was hoping that maybe one day we would get like a next generation movie that takes place in that version of the timeline. But that's probably not gonna happen anymore. That's probably for the best. Because Star Trek is is just excelling on TV. Look at Destiny or look at Discovery. People love that show. And the Picard show is coming. They're gonna do a new animated series. So I I wonder I wonder what's going to happen next. Will the Quentin Tarantino movie happen, and what timeline will that take place in? Could we get a Voyager movie or Deep Space Nine movie? Like, let, let's go back to the original timeline and explore more there, because there, there were still plenty of, of things to do in the original timeline, and you don't have to get ham-fisted or create some new variation in the Kelvin timeline. And as much as I'd like to see. What the Enterprise D would look like. Redesigned to fit that. Timeline's aesthetic. And more advanced technology. Maybe one day we'll get it. But I don't know. But what what I hope. What I hope is maybe we can do a movie. That takes place after the Dominion War. Like after the end of Deep Space Nine. Uh, something that that kind of follows. With what Star Trek Online did. Because technically that's considered canon. Or how about. Stories on, on uh, with that go around Riker and his time as Captain of the USS Titan. You know, th- things like this. Things that are, are different and unexpected. Instead of just going back to the tried and true thing and a reboot or something with the original cast. And then adapting something from the original series and then it not turning out great. Like, it was cool that Benedict Cumberbatch was in Star Trek Into Darkness. But it's like... But why Khan? Why Why take away from Ricardo Montalban's amazing portrayal and then twist it and turn it into something completely different than what it was? So, that, that's my only thing. And it, it's sad that we're not going to get Star Trek four. I, I wasn't too happy with the story they were going for, but it just would have been cool to still get something in that universe. I mean, I, I like Star Trek a lot. Not as much as Star Wars. But I, I like it a lot and, and and I have some I've done some deep dives into the lore online and things like that. But it'll be interesting to see what the future is. But that that we'll know more I'm sure in the future. Well, that's it for Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host Nick. Check me out on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Share me with your friends. Follow me on social medias at Nick's Nerd News. If you want to follow my personal account, it's the Nick on both Twitter, Instagram, hey, and on Xbox Live if you ever want a game. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good one.